0: Turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians this morning. We'll be in Ephesians chapter number two. Ephesians chapter number two. And as you recall, if you were here last week, we uh, started in this text. And I'll read again the first uh, 10 verses of Ephesians chapter number 2. And I mentioned to you last Sunday that uh, my original intention was just to take three uh, Sundays and preach from verse number 8, which I did last Sunday, verse 9, which I'll do today, and then next Sunday, uh, verse number 10. And I kind of named this little series, By Grace Because of Mercy. Uh, But since I originally started to do that, I know there will at least be a number four and a possibly a fifth message from these first 10 verses. Uh, But it's important for us to be reminded of how we are saved and uh, why uh, we are saved. And today, uh, if you're here, you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, you're going to hear uh, the importance of accepting Him and uh, what it means to accept Him and how you can be saved born again, forgiven of your sins. And so that's the purpose, one of the purposes of a message like this this morning in a series like this. But it's also important for you and I that have been saved to be reminded of what God has done for us. Is for us to be grounded in the truth of the Word of God uh, so that we're not pulled away by some false doctrine. And uh, we want to look and be reminded this morning of what God has done and keep appreciation of what God has done for us. Ephesians chapter number 2, I'll read the first 10 verses. You follow along with me this morning, beginning in verse number 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, According to the Prince of the Power of the Air, the Spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our com- conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then the ages to come he might show the exciting riches of His grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. This morning, I want us to look at verse number 9, Not of works, lest any man should boast. This morning, I want to preach a message I've entitled, Not of works, but by grace. Not of works, but by grace. We'll have a word of prayer in just a moment. After that, uh, I'll lay a foundation, and then we're going to turn to a couple of places in the book of Genesis this morning, and uh, we'll look and be reminded that it's not of works, but by grace. Father, we come to you once again. Uh, we're needy of you. We uh, need the Word of God to be real today. We need the Spirit of God to have liberty. And Father, I don't know the condition, the heart condition of every man uh, who is under my voice this morning, but it's you certainly do. Father, those who have yet to accept Christ, maybe they're depending on uh, some other means of salvation. Today is a message for them. May they realize their need of salvation. And Father, those who are the redeemed, those who have been saved, trusted Christ, accepted his payment on Calvary, may we be reminded uh, that as you work in our life and as you have saved us and forgiven us of our sins, it is a work that uh, is all of Christ and nothing that we could have attained on our own. I pray that your will be done this morning, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Verse number nine is a short verse. It's a simple verse, but it says a whole lot. There's a whole lot that is contained in verse number nine. Not of works, lest any man should boast. I see that first part, and it's a simple statement, not of works works. Might I remind us this morning that where God puts an emphasis, that's all we need to understand. Right. When God states something as fact, it is fact. Amen. And God says in his word, not of works. It's not of works, so man cannot boast that they are the source of their own salvation. Right. Right. To obtain salvation by any means but God's grace through faith would make Calvary insignificant and make man his own savior. In, in times past, we've, we've gone through a series of the cross and Calvary and those around the cross, and I'll remind you of the account of crucifixion in, in Scripture and the brutality that Christ endured on the cross, the physical suffering that he endured on the cross, the spiritual weight upon himself as he took upon him the sins of the world. All of that would be insignificant if man could save himself. All of that would be insignificant. Christ would have endured all of that. And I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself, but those that would say they believe in Christ's crucifixion and they believe in the resurrection, but they must have the church for salvation, uh, those very things are at conflict with themselves. Not of works. Well, Pastor, if it's not of works, how is it? I remind you of verse number eight it's by grace. We cannot spend any time on a message this morning where we look at not of works, lest any man should boast without being reminded what it is by. It's by grace, that unmerited favor. The grace of an almighty God who is a just God who demands justice, demands sin be paid for, it is His grace through faith as verse number 8 reminds us, that belief in Christ's sufficiency, not our own. You cannot look at this verse in verse number 8. We see it's by grace. We see those words, are you saved? I'll mention once again this morning what I spent some time on last Sunday, but I have to remind us to put in context the message for the day. That word saved is a is a word that's in our everyday vocabulary, but for somebody who's been saved, it means a little bit different than somebody who doesn't know what it means to be saved. We're saved from our sins. We're saved to perfection. We are saved by the grace of God. And friend, this morning, I can have security. I can have confidence in my eternity, not because of what I've done, but because I've been saved. You read of the horrible place called hell, and I don't fear hell this morning because I've been saved from hell. We look at our sins and the disappointment we have in our own flesh as as we always fall short of the perfection of God. But I'm saved from my sin. I'm saved from those things because of the grace of God. To be saved, we're reminded it's not of self. If you're saved this morning... You didn't save yourself. If you're here this morning and you were to be asked very pointedly, are you saved? If you were to say, well, it's of myself, you're not saved. You cannot be saved of self. You're not saved of man's ability. For one man to say to another, thy sins be forgiven, given you is blasphemous because one man cannot save another. You, man does not have the ability to be saved. It's, it's not if you're not saved because of man's standing and where you are in society and what you've achieved in life, and no matter how many degrees you've earned or, or what you've overcome in your life, uh, you can't, that is not your standing with Christ. Not of man's wisdom. There's a lot of educated people who's going to let their education stand in the way of their salvation. There's a lot of quote-unquote smart people who, who are depending on their logic and the conclusions they've come to. It's not of man's wisdom are you saved. Well, why is this true? Because man is a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, friend, we... We measure things wrong it's i'm i'm better than this man but you'll always be short of god well i'm not like society is and how crazy our world has gone and i've never done all those things and i'm i'm above the average man or i'm a i've risen above in my family but you'll always be short of god Why is it not of works, but by grace? Because man is a sinner. And because man is a sinner, man is inadequate to save himself. Oh, every every parent in this room will understand what I'm about to say. When God gives you children, boy, it's on your heart from the day you bring them home from the hospital that one day you want them to be saved. One day you want them to know for certain they're on their way to heaven. You want them to have that personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the love of a parent for their child, if a parent could, could save them, they would. But I can certainly testify as a pastor, it's a heartbreaking thing to... To, to have a message the Lord puts on your heart and you wrestle with it. You, you bring the burden with, to the pulpit with you, knowing there's lost people who are hearing of their need of salvation. And you can see the, the Spirit of God put them under conviction and they, they know they're lost and you know they're lost and they leave without ever doing business with God. I can tell you, if you'll permit me to say this as a pastor, if I had the power to save them, I would save them because I don't want anybody to die and go to hell. But friend, man is inadequate... ...to offer salvation. Because it's not of works... ...no man can boast. Friend, if you're saved this morning... ...you're not boasting in yourself. If it's not of works... ...man can't brag... ...about how wonderful he is. How self-sufficient he is. I'll tell you through my lifetime... ...and my years of ministry... There's some boastings I have heard. Hey, are you saved? Well, I keep the Ten Commandments. Well, how do you know you're going to heaven? I'm a Catholic. Or I go to the such and such church. These sound like just simple answers, but they're boastings. Well, how do you know that you're saved? If you're, when you face eternity, what, what is it that you, you're going to offer the Lord for Him to accept? Well, I'm moral. Or I'm a good person. There's perspective from what is good and not. But what is that? I can't tell you. Countless times in my life I've heard that. How do you know you're on your way to heaven? How do you know you've been forgiven? How do you know you're saved? Well, I'm a good person. That's a boasting. Another boasting I've heard is I do good works. I'm not against good works, but they're not going to get you saved. I've heard this one many times this boasting by man I've been baptized. I've heard I go to confession. I've heard as a boasting, I pray. I've heard this one many times. I I have my own belief. I I know what you're saying and you've put me on the spot and you've asked me about my eternity and I I answered you and told you I'm going to heaven and you hadn't just taken that. You asked me how I know I'm saved. Well, I have my own belief. Pastor, I believe my own way. That's a boasting. I give to the poor. I've heard this one many times too. I'm fine just the way I am. But My Bible says not of works lest any man should boast. Every excuse, every statement I just made is a boasting based on works. There's a great number of people today, I couldn't begin to number it, who go through life holding on to their works. You, you try and speak to them about their salvation, they hold on to their works. You'll know what I mean. Those of you that are soul owners will know what I mean because we often will make a statement like this, in our training of, of new soul winners, before somebody gets saved, they've got to be lo- they, you've got to get them lost. Right. They've got to realize they're lost. Right. But there's so many who are full of their own pride as man, and they hold on to those works. Because yeah, right. quite frankly, if you've never been saved, that's all you have to hold on to. Right. But God says it's not of works, lest any man should boast. This morning, I'm going to give you four reasons man should not boast of their works. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter number 11, but I'll give you reason number one. Man is incapable of getting to God. When someone says, I'm a good person, they are saying, because I'm a good person, I'm good enough to enter into the presence of the Almighty God. When a person says, they say, why are you saying, well, I'm I'm a Catholic, or I go to such and such a church, what they're saying is, because of my church membership and affiliation, that is good enough for me to get to the Almighty God who is holy and perfect. When somebody in their boasting says that, well, well, I, I'm fine just the way I am or I pray or, or I've done this or that or I grew up in a Christian home, what they're saying is because of the way I grew up, that is good enough for me to get access to God. We must be reminded man is incapable of getting to God. Genesis chapter number 11, we read an interesting story, and I'll read the first several verses. In verse 1, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there, and they said one to another, Go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly." And they had brick for stone, and slime had they for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. Let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Man was going to build a way to God. And in verse number five, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, "Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do, it's not, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and they' confound their language that they may not understand one another speech. Which sounds kind of silly from this perspective, doesn't it, to think that man's going to get together and build a tower all the way to the heavens, all the way to God. We would look and say, don't they understand how, how the world is made? Don't they understand that there's, there's galaxies and all those things? Well, no. They just thought that they could get to god we could get to the heavens god reminded a man no you can't that is no more silly and no more futile this morning than man in his own self-righteousness saying that i can live in a way that god will accept me i'm good enough and i can do certain things that where i can have access to god and friend Man is incapable of getting to God. That's why Jesus reminded man in John 14, 6 that he is the only way. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Your good works will not get you to the Father. Your standing in life will not get you to the Father. And what you know will not get you to the Father. Your education will not get you to the Father. Uh, Feeding the poor will not get you to the Father. Uh, Being a member of the church will not get you to the Father. The only way to get to the Father is the Lord Jesus Christ. And friend, if you're saved this morning, you know that's true. You may have tried to get there yourself, but when you heard of the Son of God laid down His life to pay your sin debt so that you might have forgiveness, you might have salvation, you can be saved from your sins, through faith you accepted that payment And yet, through Christ, you have access to God. For reasons man should not boast of their works, man is incapable. It's not that God doesn't let man, which He doesn't, but man is not capable of entering into His presence. Statement number two, the second reason I'll give you this morning, that man should not boast of their works, is man is incapable of offering a worthy sacrifice. If you turn back just a few pages, if you turn to Genesis, Genesis chapter number 4, we read the story, as we would call it, of, of Cain and Abel. And we know that the end of that story is Cain kills Abel because Cain's sacrifice was rejected. Abel's was accepted by the Lord. Why was that? We read in Genesis chapter 4 beginning with verse 1, And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel unto his offering. But unto Cain... And to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And of these shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. We see in Scripture Abel was accepted because he brought the firstlings of the flock. He followed God's instruction. And that... Sacrifice was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed. Cain brought fruit of his works. He was the tiller of the ground and the fruit of what he did, the fruit of his effort. It wasn't the fact that he took that which had rotted and brought it to God. It was the fact that he brought anything that he produced to God. Well, I've given God the best. It's not a matter of what you give him, it's a matter of what Christ has done. And he rejected Cain's because Cain offered his works. Verse 6 is a very telling verse. There's a lot of people who would get mad at what I'm preaching this morning. There's a lot of people who get upset at this idea that because I'm this or because. Uh, I, 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 my, my church membership is here that you're telling me that I can't be saved. I can't get to God. Well, in verse number 6, The Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? You know what Cain should have done? Like maybe somebody out here ought to do. Instead of getting upset, you go back and you get your, 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 the fruit of your work off of the altar. Go get you a spotted lamb like he's instructed. Follow His example, then He'll accept your sacrifice. Friend, if you're lost this morning and you've never been saved, don't get upset at this preacher because he's telling you the truth. Don't get upset at this preacher because somebody lied to you, somebody convinced you that you could get yourself to heaven. What you ought to do is you got, ought to accept Christ as your Savior and get it straight and get it right and accept that payment for your sin. Then you'll be accepted because man is incapable of offering a worthy sacrifice. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 19, we're reminded, For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Talking about Christ. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him, I say... Whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, God has established. He's made peace with man one way through the blood of Christ. Through the blood of His cross, by Him, He's not talking about the Pope, He's not talking about the Baptist preacher. He's not talking about those who feed the poor. He's not talking about those who keep the Ten Commandments. And by the way, no man has ever kept the Ten Commandments. He's not talking about those who believe a different way. He's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ that through the blood of His cross He has reconciled all to Him. You know why you and I have been reconciled? To God, if you've been saved, it's because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that was shed. And without that, you cannot have salvation because man is incapable. You know why Christ endured those physical sufferings for mankind? Because he's the only one that was capable. You know why his blood was shed? Because his blood was the only blood that was capable. His sacrifice was the only blood that was capable. Man is incapable of offering a worthy sacrifice. Statement number three this morning. The best man has to offer is filth in God's sight. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. If you want to note the reference, Isaiah 64, 6. But we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. We all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Many offer their righteousness, their good works to God. And from our perspective, that's pretty good. Not everybody has good works to show. Not everybody has attempted to live a clean life, a good life, as we would say. Not everybody's trying to to keep the Ten Commandments. Not everybody's trying to do these things that we hold to, these boastings that we have. And so we look at that and say, from man's perspective, living a good life is better than not living a good life. From man's perspective, being moral is better than being immoral. From man's perspective... Trying to keep the Ten Commandments is better than not trying to keep keep the Ten Commandments. But friend, when it comes to your eternal soul, it's not man's perspective we must consider. It's God's perspective that must be considered. In God's perspective, the good things, the best things we have to offer if you in your mind could sit down and hear the 10 best things that I've ever done in my life. The greatest contributions to society. The greatest things that I've done for my fellow man. The greatest things that I've done even for his honor. The greatest things. I'm not talking about the worst things you've done. But the greatest things you've ever done. In the sight of God are as filthy Rags. without being too descriptive those filthy rags aren't the rags that are lying around in your garage those filthy rags aren't the rags that when you got done wiping your counter off you dropped them in the sink or in the washing machine those filthy rags Are the rags of the leper. As he scraped the pus from the open sores. God is so holy. And we are so wicked and so below him. That the very best we have to offer. When compared to the holiness of God are no more than the discharge and the rags that would take the discharge from off of that disease called leprosy. In the sight of God, compared to His holiness, you keeping one of the Ten Commandments is nothing more than that filthy rag. Because the best that man has to offer is filth in God's sight. This should put it into context why it's a boasting to say, I'm saved because I live a good life. Well, this should put it into context why it's a boasting to say, I'm saved and God will accept me because I've given to the poor. This should put it in context for us this morning that it's a boasting when we say, I belong to this church or I belong to that church and I believe God would honor that when the best we can do in the sight of God is filth. It's filthy rags. I bring you number four. The fourth reason this morning man should not boast is man cannot add to what Christ completed. If the first three were not convincing enough and I believe any one of them was convincing enough but we come to number 4 in the fact that man cannot add to what Christ completed john 19:30 reminds us when jesus therefore had received the vinegar he said it is finished and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost 3 days later he come forth out of the grave holding the keys of death and hell when god says it's finished it's finished How arrogant of man to say when Jesus said it is finished, we need to help you by adding baptism to what you did. How arrogant of man to say when it comes to salvation, I know you finished it and you said it's done, but for us to come back and add to what you said is necessary for salvation. What could man possibly add to what Christ finished? What could man possibly add to what God has completed? Friend, there's there's nothing that you could offer. There's nothing I could offer. There's nothing any man could ever offer God that he would accept for salvation. He would accept. Man cannot add to what Christ completed. Friend, this morning it is a boasting to say, I'm saved because... I lived a good life. Because what you're saying when you say that is even though Christ said he finished it, we are saying that that was not enough, that I must add to that. And friend, we know that is a boasting because it's not of works. Those are four very convincing reasons man should not boast. I'm going to conclude the message and tie a truth to this verse and this message this morning. As we consider what the text has said, not of works, lest any man should boast. The preceding verse, for by grace are ye saved through faith and that that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. When man says, I'm I'm saved because I keep the Ten Commandments, which no man is capable of even keeping the Ten Commandments. That is a boasting. But when a man says, I'm saved because I accepted by faith Christ's payment on Calvary, that not only is not a boasting, That is a praise giving honor and glory to God. See, this morning, everybody in this room, everyone who may be listening or watching this morning, when you are confronted with the question, Are you saved? it's either boasting or praising. It's boasting or praising. If you are depending on you, then it can be nothing but boasting. For man to say, because I'm a church member at a certain place, that's how I'm getting to heaven, or I grew up a certain way, that's how I'm getting to heaven, is to say, is to push Christ aside and say, I am my own salvation. I am my own way to heaven. I have made a way to get to God. That is a boasting God has said it's not of works. Less than any men should boast. But for us to with humility to say there was nothing that I could do to get to God. I deserve to pay for my sins in that place called hell. But because of what Christ did on Calvary. Because of the grace of God. The unmerited favor. The mercy that God showed. For in the moment you and I committed that first sin, the justice of God, He would have had every right to take us then and cast us in that place called hell because of, of our own sin. But God in His mercy allowed us to live. God in His mercy allowed us to hear the gospel. God in His mercy allowed us to have the opportunity to be saved. God in His mercy sent His Son to pay that sin debt so that we might have salvation. If you're depending on Christ, it can be nothing but praising. A message like this this morning is a good reminder for you and I not to get so full of ourselves because we are saved, because our salvation had nothing to do with us. Next week, Lord, willing, we'll talk about His workmanship and what He does in us. But our salvation had nothing to do with us and everything to do with Christ and His sacrifice, His shed blood. And friend, you and I ought to rejoice this morning. We ought to praise Him this morning for our salvation. That's why when that song, we sing those old hymns near the cross, it ought to do something for us in here. We sing at Calvary, it ought to do something for us in here. When we, think, we sing those songs about faith and what we were and what God did for us at the cross, and we hear all of those things, He ought to do something for us because it reminds us how unworthy we are. We praise Him for our salvation. But if you're depending on you, it can be nothing but boasting. Say, oh, Pastor, I'm not sure I agree with that. Okay, let's illustrate it. All praise to Him because I keep the Ten Commandments and get to heaven. This doesn't go together, does it? Oh, praise to God. He's fortunate that I lived a good life so I could get to heaven. It's either boasting or it's praising. Which are you doing today? As we saw in Sunday school, excuses aren't going to measure up. Let's be honest with ourselves this morning because God knows. We're going to conclude the service in just a moment, and we're going to have our invitation. And In the invitation, the question this morning is, are you boasting or are you praising? Friend, if you're boasting in your own self-sufficiency, that's not going to get you to heaven. But Christ was offered so that we could have reconciliation. I would plead with you, I would urge you to lay down your self-sufficiency, lay down your pride. Believe what God has said. Say, well, this is what, 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 what my family has always told me. This is what, what somebody ha, ha, has instructed me. I believe God before I believe any man. I'm not asking you to believe me this morning. But I am asking you to believe the Word of God. And God has said man cannot be reconciled to him, but through Christ. See, the words of Jesus push the lost man in conflict who says he believes in Jesus. Because a church might say that they're the way. But Jesus says, I am the way. There's only one way. It's through Christ. This morning, if you're saved, it's a good day to praise God for your salvation. It's a good day to praise Him for His grace, His mercy. If you've never settled your salvation, today's a good day for you to trust Christ and not yourself for salvation. Trust Christ and not a church for salvation. Because Christ is the only way of salvation. Father, we come to you thankful for Christ. Thank you for Calvary.